the Carolina Panthers aren't set to just draft a new franchise quarterback. They're also drafting someone who could be the face of the city of Charlotte. How important is that? I'll answer that right here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays alike today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, and mixing some things up here on the mailbag. In the past, I've answered as many questions as I can on the show, but I found that recently, a lot of these questions have been repetitive. We've been talking about a lot of the same things draft-wise here on the show, what to do at number one, what to do at 39, and we've even delved into 93 and 114 and some of the later picks the Carolina Panthers have. So to try and get away from the monotony of what I feel like the mailbag had become, I'm going to start taking the top three questions, and then maybe if there's some other ones I want to mix in there, I'll do it, but we're looking at top three questions that are going to so focus the conversation for that segment. Then one segment is going to have one question, next one, and then so on and so forth. So one to mix things up. So I'm taking the top three questions, which I'm telling y'all now have really well thought out questions that you want to bring me, bring me an opinion, but also bring me something that's well thought out more so than like, Hey, who, they sh- who should they take at 39? Like, I don't know who they should take at 39. And hard to know what to do at 39 because there's still a couple weeks until the draft. And it's just a very blase question. Like, ask me something with substance. Like, actually really think about it. And if you ask me a thoughtful question, very likely you'll end up on a Friday mailbag. So I want to kind of change things up and not centered around so much of just me answering every question that gets sent into me, but starting answering questions that are, you know, thought out and actually, you know, solid, good questions. So we'll start out with Baker, who asked a question about, the new quarterback here in Carolina and potentially having a role like Cam Newton played here in Charlotte when he was a Carolina Panther saying that Cam was a guy who embodied Charlotte. The city loved him and he loved the city. He was a very involved in the community. He was full of personality and the city embraced him in a way that came off like he just embodied Charlotte. Who was the best fit to unite the city, unite the fan base and be Charlotte's new guy going forward in your opinion between the four quarterbacks in play for the pick use any set of qualifying factors but some examples that I can think of are public involvement community service personality on-field performance on-field behavior and off-field behavior as well fantastic question because we sit here we talk about all right they're going to draft a rookie we look at all right he's accurate like CJ Stroud really good player at Ohio State Bryce Young knows how to maneuver the pocket was excellent Alabama Anthony Richardson, freak athlete, Will Levis, he's got a cannon, his words, not mine. So you look at all the physical traits that they have. You look at what they've done on the field. Let's go deeper into who they are as a person and whether they're ready to come into a city that is starved for a starting quarterback, for a franchise quarterback. We have not had that since Cam's body started to break down back at the end of that 2018 season following that 6-2 and two start. 
the Panthers need it. And we have sat here, we have propped up, not me, but some of y'all propped up Kyle Allen as the guy. That did not work. People propped up Sam Darnold when they traded for him as being the guy. That didn't happen. Baker was not the guy. When Matt Corral was drafted a year ago, people were like, all right, there we go. Some hope. Maybe this rookie can end up being the quarterback of the future. That's not going to be the case. So right now, this fan base, the city, this region, Panther fans, they need a quarterback to get behind. And when someone gets drafted here, they're not just going to be the franchise. They're also going to be potentially the face of the city of Charlotte. Now, you can wonder, should the football player and the football team, which really in the grand scheme of life does not mean anything, should they have such an outweight, like an, an outscaled view in the city and society and all that kind of stuff? Like, that's a question you can ask yourself. But just the way that it works in this country, that yes, they're going to be someone that everyone's going to look at. And they're going to wonder, hey, what kind of citizen are you going to be on and off the field? Here in Charlotte. So I don't know who the best fit would be. I don't know Will Levis personally. I don't know Anthony Richardson personally or Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I haven't heard a single bad thing about them personality wise. Where Jalen Carter from Georgia, there's been the questions of character. You haven't heard any of that with any of the quarterbacks Carolina Panthers looking at. Really, the top two, Bryce Young comes from a very nice family from California. C.J. Stroud, same case. You've heard nothing but good things about those guys. I think it's either going to be Bryce or C.J., who's the quarterback here in Carolina, moving forward here with the Carolina Panthers. And I think both of them, from everything I've seen so far, seem to be good people and good players who can come in and have that on-field temperament and also that off-field temperament. How much are they going to do community service-wise and how, how publicly involved are they going to be? I have no idea. But I'm not concerned about any of the four guys as far as them coming in here and not being able to handle the limelight and being able to handle being an adult and living in this city and being the face of the franchise. And there's obviously going to be such a weight on their shoulders to not only win football games, but to go out there and be pulled in all these different directions and be able to fulfill the obligation of being a franchise quarterback, that which is more than just going on the field and having success and leading the team down the field and scoring touchdowns. Unfortunately, it's more than just that. At that position. Like, if you're coming in here as a second-string wide receiver, no one's asking anything for, of you other than catch the football. No one's asking you to go out there, be involved, sign autographs, do charity events, go to the hospital to see the children who are sick. No one's asking you to do that kind of stuff. Now, plenty of the players on the team do that, which speaks to them as individuals and the organization and their involvement in the city. So... It is, that's a good question, though, Baker. I don't know who the guy would be, but as far as uniting the fan base and leading to the least amount of debate, C.J. Stroud would be that guy as far as the football aspect of it. If Bryce Young gets drafted, people are going to look at his size, his height and weight, and they're going to be like, all right, well, no quarterback has ever had success in the NFL at that height and at that weight, which is a legitimate concern. I think he's the best player just based off of what you saw in college, but I have no idea whether that's going to necessarily translate in the NFL. I think it can and possibly will, but we have no idea how it actually works out at the end of the day. But C.J. Stroud has the size, has the height, has the temperament, was an excellent player at Ohio State, showed you what he could potentially be in that Georgia game on New Year's Eve and that loss in the playoff. As far as just uniting the fan base and not having people debating constantly, like, oh, we took the wrong guy – I think C.J. Stroud is that. But as far as, hey, who's going to be the right personality, on-field performance, off-field behavior, community service, and all that kind of stuff, I'm not sure who the best fit is. But as far as he's going to unite the fan base the most, football-wise, just based on what they did in college and all the 
NFL draft traits and all that kind of stuff that we talk about during the draft cycle, CJ Stroud probably would be that as far as, okay, yeah, this is the guy moving forward. So good question there from Baker. All right, let's take a quick pause here and I'll come back and uh, answer another weekly Friday mailbag question here on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, I've been telling y'all about this mobile game app, Ultimate Football GM, which is today's sponsor. And if you ever thought that you'd make a good journal manager, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory through trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, back here, weekly Friday mailbag, Locked On Panthers. Now over to Alex, who says... In your interview with Jay Stevens, who's the host of Locked on Buckeyes, he said C.J. Stroud struggles when things don't go cleanly according to plan. He also said he doesn't know if C.J. wants to leave the pocket when the talent size potential is so high with some of these prospects. How much weight do you do we have to put on the intangible slash attitude? I want a QB1 who's unflappable and it can improvise because things will not always go to plan in the NFL. I was high on C.J. until I heard this interview, and now I'm wanting Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson would you still put CJ above the others knowing this? Now, first off, Alex, I don't put CJ Stroud above Bryce Young right now anyways. It's been Bryce, CJ, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis for me through the entirety of the draft process and this conversation that we've been having the last couple of months. I think Bryce Young is the best player, in part because Bryce Young does some of those intangible things. While he might be small, he does not play small. When you watch him, play against LSU and against Texas and Tennessee and some of those other big games this past season, whether in a winning effort or a losing effort, Bryce Young made plays with his legs when he needed to be. He made plays by sticking in the pocket and be able to maneuver it and find the open receiver. And sometimes he probably should have ran, but he stuck in there and found the right guy. And also that got him in trouble a couple times as well. But Bryce Young shows some of those intangibles. That's certainly not a conversation of, oh man, is he willing to leave the pocket? Now at Ohio State, when you have all these great wide receivers like C.J. Stroud had, he didn't really have to do a lot of things off script. And the question was, all right, when he has to do it, like a little bit in that Penn State game, is he willing to? So yes, the talent potential is high, but I wouldn't be all that concerned about Stroud not having the intangibles. All the questions that we had about him, we, as in just the general public who viewed C.J. Stroud as a prospect, all those questions got answered on New Year's Eve against Georgia. When we finally saw Stroud roll out in the pocket, when things broke down, throw a touchdown strike to Marvin Harrison Jr. in that first quarter, when he's using his legs to get down the field to set him up in field goal range to try and win that game late on in that fourth quarter, all of that is what you wanted to see. When he's handling pressure in his face, standing in there and delivering the football with accuracy, that's all the questions that people had about C.J. Stroud that were answered that evening. Now, you go back to my conversation with Jay two weeks ago. I asked him, 
is that C.J. Stroud or the guy that we saw in every other game at Ohio State? And he said, well, it's hard to sit there and look at the Georgia game and be like, that's who he is when that's one game. One game sample size, which is too small, went over the course of his two-year career at Ohio State. While he was excellent, he did not necessarily do all the things that you saw in that game against Georgia. But what Jay did say was, that's who he can be. So you weigh intangibles and the attitude, and attitude's not a problem. He has he's got quiet confidence, certainly seems to be a leader. I'm not concerned about him at all as far as attitude goes, and intangibles are there. It's just the willingness to want to do that and to want to prove himself more as a pocket passer. And that's the same conversation we have with Jimmy Stein with Bryce Young, just, you know, being black quarterbacks and what the lazy tropes have always been. Like, oh, they run. Are they really pocket passers? Stroud and Bryce Young, they've shown that they're pocket passers. And Bryce Young talked about this in his Heisman Trophy speech, being a black quarterback and what comes with that and the biases that have been out there in football. And we've seen over the last couple of years, it's gotten to the point where it's gotten a lot better. I haven't heard a single person say that Anthony Richardson should be a wide receiver. And I call that progress. And CJ Stroud, Bryce Young haven't heard any of that either. But, you know, those guys are clearly pocket passers, but they're also athletes. They're also able to get out of the pocket and run if they need to do that. So we saw some of that with CJ Stroud, a lot of it in that game against Georgia, and you saw the potential of what he could be. And that potential and how he played, I think, is what vaulted him to number one for the Carolina Panthers when they traded up from nine to one with Chicago. They traded up to get C.J. Stroud because they saw that game. They saw the combine, and then they talked to him, got to know who he was as a person. They wanted that guy. And then going to the pro day in Columbus and just seeing how he was able to throw the ball against air and was perfect there and the contingent there with talking to him, having dinner with him the night before. That's everything you're looking for in a quarterback. And I saw the same thing with Bryce Young. But I certainly don't look at C.J. Stroud and have that many concerns. And I do wonder whether he'll be willing to do that. And yes, things are not always going to go to plan in the NFL. But C.J. Stroud's going to be just fine as long as he gets coached right. And that's really what all we're looking for is him to be coached the right way because he has the talent. He has the size. He has the intangibles. It's just the Carolina Panthers coaching staff putting him in the right position to succeed while he's here in Carolina. So, no, I'm not concerned. I still think Bryce Young's the better player. But as I've been telling y'all, Bryce, CJ, Anthony, I'm good. I know we're going to debate about it. I'm sure down the road we might look back and be like, man, we got the wrong guy. But any of those three – I'm totally fine. My preference is Bryce Young, but I'm not going to sit here and be upset if they take C.J. Stroud. I'm going to have a smile on my face. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's go. And Anthony Richardson, the same case. Maybe not as wide of a smile if they take Bryce or C.J., but I'm like, all right. I'm a little scared, but I'm also excited because this guy has crazy potential and with the right coaching staff, which is what we think we have here in Carolina, you can coach him up and get him to be at the level that we're hoping any of these quarterbacks that they draft at number one overall end up being and being that franchise guy and that face of the city that we're hoping that they're going to be once we get here to the end of the month and take someone there number one overall in the draft. All right, so great question there from Alex. Going to take one more question here on the show, but going to take a quick pause before I do that. And before we get to that question, y'all, 
Let's go over here and talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout of a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on it's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right again guys weekly friday mailbag doing top three questions moving forward so well thought out questions opinions those will be answered no more simple hey who should they take at 93 give me more than that we need more with this like give me something that's gonna make me think the questions that make me think are my favorite questions. I feel like the questions so far today have been really good, and that's what I want to do. So top three, then if we get to the point where, yeah, we got a lot of really good questions, then maybe we can go back to doing maybe five questions and expanding it here on the show. So again, at me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get in your weekly Friday mailbag questions for next week. Now, final question this week comes from Mark, who says, how much of an influence do you believe Thomas Brown, the Panthers' new OC, will have on the offense Frank Reich is, of course, an offensive-minded head coach. Do you believe this will be like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, where most people believe Reid has the largest influence on how that offense runs? Now, make no mistake, that is true, that that is Andy Reid's offense. And I imagine that this will be Frank Reich's offense, but I don't see Frank Reich being someone who's not going to want the opinions of the people on his staff. And I'm not saying that Andy Reid doesn't do that, because Andy Reid absolutely has let it be known that Eric Bieniemy's in there with me. Every day, coming up with the game plan. Eric puts together the game plan, a great deal of it. I also go there and do it, but I call the plays. This is my offense. This is also Eric's offense. He let that be known, but for whatever reason, Eric Bieniemy did not get the same treatment as Doug Peterson, who served in the same role and got the Philadelphia Eagles job, and he did not get the same treatment as Matt Nagy, who's now back as OC there in Kansas City and got the Bears job in the past doing the exact same thing that Eric Bieniemy did. Now, Eric Bieniemy was with Patrick Mahomes. You have to also understand that people probably looked at, okay, well, it's Andy Reid's offense, really, and Andy Reid has all this, all the years of success as an offensive play caller and offensive head coach, so people already have the respect for him. And then when you bring in Patrick Mahomes, and he's the best quarterback in the league, yeah, rightfully so, people are going to wonder how good is Eric Bieniemy really, but then you would think, like, okay, well, they keep having success. He's the OC. Reid has said he has a major role in the offense and putting together the game plan. He just might not call the plays during the game. Why would you not give him an opportunity? Well, now he's in Washington with Ron. He's going to get Sam Howell, a second-year quarterback out of North Carolina, Sun Valley kid. And if Sam Howell has a good season, the what are they called? The commanders? <laughs> they have a good offensive season. Then Eric Bianami might get a job finally. So I don't know. But I don't really look at this situation being the same case there. Um, in Indianapolis, because Frank Reich, I don't know if people look at Frank Reich with the same reverence as they look at with Andy Reid, who's now a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach and has been to multiple Super Bowls with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Not to say that Frank Reich isn't a good coach and he's not respected, but a little bit different situation just based off of Andy Reid's resume and Frank Reich's resume as head coaches up to now. 
And Frank's got a long way to even match it if he ever will and ever could match it. Andy Reid is done. But I think he'll be good here in Carolina. Reich's already come out and said that Thomas Brown is putting together the offense. Now, Frank, of course, is going to have his own philosophies and principles that he's going to want to be a part of the offense because he is an offensive-minded guy, former quarterback. He's the head coach. The offense is not going to deviate away from the things that he's comfortable with and think work in the NFL and have had success in the NFL. Now, also, he would be a fool not to listen to someone like Thomas Brown, who's coming from L.A. with Sean McVay, who's won a Super Bowl, who calls the plays and has had a ton of success so far in the NFL. So, yes, I believe that Thomas Brown is going to have plenty of influence. I believe Josh McCown, who's not that far removed from playing in the league, is going to have plenty of influence. Parks Frazier, who called plays last year as the interim OC once Reich was fired in Indianapolis, he'll have an influence. Jim Caldwell will have an influence. It's going to be a melting pot of all these philosophies, but really under the umbrella of what Frank Reich feels comfortable with because he's been the one calling the plays at least to begin with. And he said, I think his opening press conference, or maybe it might have been his second one, that yes, he'll call the plays, but at some point in time, he's going to pass it off to Thomas Brown. When's that going to be? Is that going to be... Come week two, is that going to be after the preseason? Is that going to be week 10? Is it going to be after the bye? Is it going to be year two of Thomas Brown being here as the OC and him as the head coach? I don't know what it's going to be, but Frank Reich's already let it be known that, yeah, I'm going to call the plays. Like, this is going to be my offense. I'm going to take in their opinions, and we're going to build it together. But eventually, I'm going to pass this off. It's going to be Thomas's offense. I'm not – and basically, he's telling you, too, like, all right, we're not going to have things that I don't really believe in, but I'm going to trust Thomas. I'm going to trust my staff. And David Tepper told him to bring in the best football minds. And if you bring in the best football minds, you should be wanting to collaborate with them. And I think it's going to be a collaborative approach here in Carolina. And he's already said it as much that Thomas Brown is out there working on the offense. And Frank will be working on it as well. And everyone else on this offensive staff will have, I'm sure, some level of input on what the best offensive principles, philosophies are for the Carolina Panthers and scheme to run here moving forward. So I do not look at this ever being an Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy situation. I have a hard time ever seeing an Eric Bieniemy situation like we saw in Kansas City because it does not make any sense that Peterson and Nagy can both serve the same role and get head coaching jobs. But then Bieniemy, who serves the exact same role, has more success in it, is in there longer, does not get an opportunity to be a head coach. I don't think we'll ever see that in the NFL, and I hope that we never see that in the NFL because really – that's a head scratcher, especially when you look at, look, Josh McCown's on our staff now. McCown, first time ever coaching on NFL staff. He almost, before ever coaching on NFL staff, got a head coaching job in Houston. Hopefully we never see a situation where Eric Bieniemy, a guy like that, no matter what their race is, has so much success as a coordinator, whether they're under a head coach who has play calling, is calling the players or not. I hope we never see a situation again where a guy like Eric Bieniemy with that kind of resume does not get an opportunity to be a head coach because that just does not add up in my mind. And I'm sure plenty of other people also have a hard time understanding how that worked out. But Thomas Brown, I don't think Frank Reich is going to put him in a position where the outside can be like, oh, well, it's Frank Reich's offense. What is Thomas Brown really doing? No, Thomas Brown's going to have a big role in this offense because he's the O.C., all right, 
That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be back again next Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Please give me feedback. If you like uh, the three-question format, tell me. If you hate it and you want me to go back to the old one, then I will listen to that and I will say, ask better questions and we can definitely do that. So just let me know how y'all feel. I want feedback on the show because y'all are the listeners. You're the ones who come in here and listen to the show. Of course, I have to record it and I talk. I like doing it, but also want to know what you guys like about it, what you guys don't like about it. Of course, you know, don't be a jerk, but just let me know how you feel and uh, I will take your opinion and I will uh, take it to heart and see if I need to make a change or not. So uh, let me know how you guys think, feel about the new mailbag kind of format with three questions and that being it all right but in the meantime happy easter enjoy your weekend um but be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all on monday where we'll be joined by matt miller nfl draft analyst for espn.com can't wait goodbye